How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The first time you come back into the studio, you cycle down to the shop and you're like, I just got creeped. Someone just stopped me on the streets of Rana and said, are you from the creep dive? Are you Sophie White? And I was like, that's no, I refuse, refuse to believe it. That's it. I say we just stop believing her. But sure, I got creeped out here. Just stop believing her. Fuck off. You didn't. She didn't. Of course not. Imagine. Imagine. Okay, go on. Mm. Something exciting happened this week. Very exciting. I'm going to bring you the creep of the week. And it's something I love when this happens. I love it. It's when someone gets swallowed by an animal. And it happened again. (laughs) It happens more often than it doesn't. Of course. Do you want a quickie to kick us off? This is only just last Friday, right? This happened to a local lobster diver caught in the mouth of a humpback whale off the coast of Cape Cod last Friday morning, said he thought he was going to die. Obviously. His name is Michael Packard. He's the ripe age of 56. Shut up, Cassie. He is... (laughs) He's 56 years young. Exactly. He... Wait for this, right? He was 45 feet, 14 metres deep in the water. You're asking for trouble at those depths, I think. Anyway. Yeah. When all of a sudden he says, I felt this huge bump. Then everything (gasps) went dark. No. He said he thought he'd been attacked by a shark. (gasps) Very common in the area. 
Then he realised as he felt around that he couldn't feel any sharp teeth. And also, he was not in physical pain. No punctures. And he so said, he was, the, he was like, now I'm inside something. Exactly. He said to him, he said here, I, then I realised, oh my God, I'm in a whale's mouth. It's going to try and swallow <gasps> me. Oh right? my God. Did he describe he how to himself, much room he had in there? Well, he, yes, it was fucking huge. So he had enough room to feel the walls of the mouth for no teeth. <gasps> Span Amazing. his arms around like that, which you would. Then he said, right, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. My fi- his final thoughts were went to his wife and children. Right. He estimated he was in the whale's mouth for about 30 seconds, but continued to breathe because he had his breathing apparatus in. Is my sound still working? Or can I not hear you two? Yeah. Oh, I can Yeah, you're it. okay. Oh, I've, Okay, so he has breathing. I was on. just thinking that that thing about his wife and child, that's a lie. Definitely. That's I exactly what you would say well. after the fact. And we all would say that. But yeah. what are we really thinking when we're being pushed Last down the meal. gullet of a whale? We are thinking things like, shouldn't have bothered shaving my armpits. I should yeah. have just released the piss now. I've been holding on to it forever. You yeah. know, yeah. things that... It, anyway, right? So he was getting sucked into the gullet now at this time. He could feel the kind of motions of the tongue going back. And he was like, this is it, I'm goner. Then, whale surfaced, spat the fucker out. And there he was. Oh my God. So he was rescued by his crewmate in the boat that was on the water that he just hopped off. And uh, <coughs> his sister, That's Cynthia, amazing. originally... Yeah, his sister, Cynthia, originally uh, told the Cape Cod Times that her brother had had a broken leg. But in the end, it was just bruised. Uh, so that's it. Fucking amazing, isn't it? Isn't that Absolutely amazing? Absolutely mad. So humpbacks, never yeah. aggressive. He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Filter feeders. So he just got caught up in the big mouth. And uh, isn't that so cool? Like, what are that the chances? Crazy. Did he say I think there should be a like ride. No, I have tongue. no more information. I think he gave an immediate, uh, inf- in what do you call it, interview with the Cape Cod Times. And they got to him too quickly. So we had no satisfying details of inside, which I'm sure he'll write a book later. And I'll tell you all about it when the book comes out. But how fucking amazing is that, lads? That the is thing so is, cool. These kind of mad shit happens all the time. And now we're here to talk about it together. Thank God for that. That's a very good. Absolutely. We've all lived creep. to tell the tales of other people. Um, what do I've, we have this week? Well, I have all all kinds of everything. Remind me of shoes. Okay, no, that's that is in no way teeing up. There's nothing connected with shoe in any of my stories except that maybe some people are probably wearing shoes in some of my stories. So basically, I can deliver any of the above: a creeplet, a little. Creep nugget, a crugget. Yes. Crugget. Yes. How have we never said crugget before? I can do a crugget. I can do a um, medium. (laughs) Cremedium. A cremedium? I can do a cremedium or I can do like mm, really sink your teeth in. I've got a really good one. So there we go. I can bring everything. Oh, you can't tee it up like that and say I've got a really good one. Give us that. Little. 
cute little cold face scrunched up there in all your shawls saying I've got a really good one. Look at the circulation is gone. It's so sad. So happy to be here though. Happiness is a warm creep. What are you bringing? I have... I have the story of Tammy Faye Messner, the um, American Christian singer, evangelist, author, talk show host and television personality that fell from grace. Yes. Literally the grace of God. Amazing. Is that going to be more American bashing? Because it sounds it. Yes. Fine. I'm going to bash the Americans, the Christians and men. (laughs) I, I have... A listicle of many ways in which animal attack animals attack uh, my ultimate favorite area of interest, and I have a, a tiger attack at um, uh, what is was sort of a feels like a German Las Vegas show where you eat your dinner <laughs> and you watch a lion tamer that went terribly terribly wrong. Um, and so what we have you do a creep is to do you sit yeah. in the presence of a lion. Eating Many rare lions, meat. So Just uh, every table in that place is has a kind of a medium yeah. rare steak on it. And you just sit and wait. Exactly. <laughs> you Amazing. I think you should let the Tammy out first. Because okay. mine has... Oh, yeah. You, you. Mine has harrowing. I'd, and I'd recommend been, mm-hmm. taking a visual. What's your one's name again? Tammy Tammy Faye Baker or Tammy Faye Messner you'll get her either way so she take a moment uh, this is timely do google her because we have a we have a um, a new show coming Tammy's not a (laughs) Tammy's one of these women who is it's hard to tell what she looks like naturally because mm. she's got the very mm. thinned out brows mm-hmm. the kind of the, the blue eyeshadow up to the eyebrow uh, heavy yeah. on the lip liner and she likes a kind a of heavy on the a, a two-tone lip mm. heavy on yeah. the um, heavy on a lot of things on her face so anyone remember Celebrity Deathmatch? Yes That yes. is what we're looking at here it's, an, it's a sort of a, a woman in the style of Celebrity Deathmatch Perfect. Sorry, Cass. Okay. Cassie just doesn't know because she's only nine. <laughs> I don't know. I remember Celebrity Deathmatch. I watched an episode before it was cancelled. Um, Tammy Faye, born Tamara Faye, um, was born on the 7th of March, 1942. She was born to Pentecostal preachers, Rachel and Carl. Um, and she... Shortly after she was born, her pain, her uh, painful divorce between her parents meant that her mother distrusted ministers and wasn't exactly uh, in favor of the weird organized religions that existed. And so her mother sort of pulled away from the church. Tammy initially was a bit alienated from the church. Um, her mother married again for a second time. And... He had seven children, so Tammy became the eldest of eight children, right? Um, mm, that math check. So I'd say her life was, you know, was she married like much later? Her mother married a couple of years after the divorce to a man who had seven other children. Um, 
So I'm sure Tammy's life was difficult. I'm sure that she probably didn't get the attention that she craved from people. And she had sort of different issues that will come to light later on. So in 1960, she met a man called Jim Baker. Well, they were students at the North Central Bible College in Minnesota. Um, Tammy was working in a boutique for a time while Jim worked in a restaurant inside a department store. Desperate they were married to in the be first in a Bible April college 19. in the 60s, really, isn't it? It's a terrible waste. I'd say so. Of the 60s. Yeah, absolutely. They were married on the 1st of April 1961 and they moved to South Carolina where they began ministry together. So Jim was quite religious. I mean, the two of them were, I suppose, picking it up in Bible Bible college or whatever. So initially they started traveling around the US, Baker preached and Tammy sang songs and played the accordion. In 1970, she gave birth to their first daughter, Tammy Sue Sissy Baker, and in 1975 gave birth to their son, Jamie Charles Baker. So but, um, Jim and Tammy kind of had been involved with TV from the time of uh, from the, initially once they started moving around. And they were founding members of a thing called the 700 Club, um, which was a, a kind of Christian broadcasting network, a, one of the just one of the programs, one of the big Christian broadcasting networks. So, you know, the way they used to have like evangelist general networks and people might have different shows in them or whatever, like normal TV shows, but for weird Christians. <laughs> so um, they were hosts then of a really popular show, a children's show called Jim and Tammy. And they created the puppet ministry for children on Pat Robertson Christian Broadcasting Network, no. which ran from 1964 to 1973. So initially their ministry was like all through puppets and they became sort of like household names within this Christian evangelical Pentecostal community because obviously Christian parents plunked their ch Christian children in front of the Christian children program. Oh, yeah. Which Tammy and Jimmy. It's like the ran. Satanism so, cartoons on YouTube for my kids. I just want to set them on exactly. the right path early. That's it. It's like murder for minors. Satanism it's really good is like a much maligned, you know, spiritual choice, but it's actually very positive. It's a very positive yes. religion. Yeah. If you look into it. If you look past yes, or don't some look of the bad press. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot in any sort of religion that that does seem good on the surface. Um, so in 1974, Tammy and Jim co-founded uh, the PLT Club, Praise the Lord, which was its own <laughs> uh, evangelist Christian news program, which they initially hosted in an abandoned furniture store. And a delicious sandwich, I just feel that they have some... If they haven't made that sandwich, then Jim and Tammy are missing a fucking trick. <laughs> you know? It they, could well, be pastrami, they tried everything. tomato. Gorgeous. Um, they tried everything. So the series was like glitzy entertainment with down... Uh, you know, down home family values and they talked about the prosperity of gospel, a divine seal of approval on both the growing affluence of American evangelists and the showy lifestyles of their television ministers. They grew into its own network and corporate enterprise and within a year of its founding it was generating $120 million oh. annually in the 1970s which is insane. We need right? to rebrand as the Christian Dive and to oh, just yeah. turn, turn really this do. whole ship around and fucking... Yeah. Make some money. By 
by 1978, so just four years after founding, they uh, used $200 million of PLT funds to build Heritage USA, a Christian res- retreat and theme park that was like <laughs> Disney World levels of what popular. What are the rides? And it was one of the most the popular theme parks. Um, what's the... Baptism, Splash Mountain. Definitely, the stations of the cross. Splash Mountain. That has to be a roller coaster um, or something. Like where you'd be on a roller coaster and you'd That's have to be one carrying something really like... cumbersome and heavy. And then like the roller coaster would like zoom around and you'd have to hold on to the cross mm. and then it would stop in places and people would pelt you with rotten food and insults. Yeah, some sort of spirit in the sky, like really super high ride that like brings you up and then drops you <laughs> down suddenly. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, you could be buried yeah, alive. Some sort of like yeah. hell or heaven seesaw thing going on there. Uh, I'd say it was great crack. Anyway, it was massive. It was so successful. Um, and, but Tammy was a little bit different to the kind of traditional values of the evangelist Pentecostals who used to watch the show. And obviously during the the time that they were like coming to prominence and coming to fame, um, especially at the start of the 80s, the AIDS epidemic was rife in the States. And Tammy actually used her platform to talk about taboos topics like, um, the LGBT community, the AIDS epidemic, and preach to people to extend their Christian values to support people who had AIDS, which was, you know, Tammy, Tammy, which was really good. Yeah, Tammy was, Tammy was actually pretty solid, you know, Uh, and at the height of the AIDS epidemic, she interviewed Stephen Peters, a gay Christian minister with AIDS on Tammy's house party, a segment of the PLT club network, um, during which they discussed his sexuality, coming out, diagnosis with AIDS, the death of his partner. Um, and during the program, this is where Messner emotionally pleaded to viewers just, and said, how sad that we as Christians who are that of the, who are the salt of the earth, who are supposed to be able to love everyone, are so afraid so badly of an AIDS patient that we will not go up and put our arm around them and tell them that we care. Throughout the AIDS epidemic, Tammy advocated for viewers of the PLT club to follow Christ and show compassion and pray for the ill. And she also invited drug addicts onto the show to interview them about substance abuse, mm. which was an interesting prequel to her 1987 revelation that she herself was a drug addict to prescription drugs. Ah, so good woman, Tammy. Yeah. I mean, Cass, are you about to ruin all of this? Are you about to ruin? I mean, Tammy? she seems well, very positive. Tammy she herself, great. Tammy herself is one of us. I feel right. She's just she's just a normal gal who then ran a very successful uh, production network. Well done to two of you again. Um, <laughs> but she got a little too fond of the success. So we are no of the no fear. No fear. Yeah. <laughs> The control of uh, the Praise the Lord network collapsed in 1987 after revelations that $287,000 had been paid out of the organization to buy the silence of a woman called Jessica Han. (gasps) So Jessica Han claimed that Jim $7,000. So Jessica Han claimed that Jim had um, sexually assaulted her. Uh, And uh in, in... Yeah... But he's disputed the account, claiming that it was a setup and that their sex was consensual. But obviously, a Christian and you know evangelical Pentecostal minister running the largest Christian network in the states having an affair is sinful enough. 
obviously sexual assault is criminal fucking criminal, criminal. exactly um and also just it just paints you know they tried to silence her which was obviously mm. terrible but the revelation that this money had happened sort of placed a focus on how they had been spending the rest of their their money and the lives that they had le- led obviously being christian you're supposed to live this sort of like non-affluent life just and and give and you know be with the lord and be happy with your religion and whatnot and not to covet material wealth and all that kind of stuff but Mm. the bakers um instead had an air-conditioned doghouse for their puppies um they had gold-plated bathroom fixtures uh they gold-plated come on so what we're looking at here from scientology is no tax being paid horse loads of cash coming in if you're a charity you don't pay tax am i right in the states and they couldn't get rid of it fast enough, I'd say. I'd say it was horsing out of them. Yeah, so they basically had, um, they had loads of cars. They were, yeah, they were just absolutely plowing through hundreds of thousands of euro or dollars on whatever they wanted. Um, so then the Charlotte Observer published exposés on the finances and management practice of the network and PTL went bankrupt after being taken over by a Virginia-based Baptist uh, televangelist, Jerry Falwell, who offered to step in after looking after the, the scandals. I would say a lot then? went on different coloured power suits. She oh, is fond just of loads a of different thing. colour in a power suit. Jen, you'd love this. She's she pulling sh- it off. Shoulder pads central. I moved on to to Googling the puppetry, the ministry puppets. Those puppets are high on something. (laughs) They have, come on, look at their eyes. Um, He's not a bad looking man. And Andrew Garfield is slated to play him. And I have a strange fondness for that large foreheaded, very tiny grouped together features, man. (laughs) That's all I'll say. I think that... um, yeah, so much of the problem, though, with with PTL was that they, instead of running commercials, because they didn't want, want to operate like a normal enterprise, they pleaded with viewers to sign up for monthly pledges to become PTL members. Oh, so familiar. <laughs> yeah, very, very familiar to us. But, um, like, they were taking money off their kind of, their congregation and using it for ridiculous things uh they in total they purchased 2300 acres of land a 500 room hotel a water park um they like really tried to emanate the success of walt disney and it was just very clear very early on that they were actually not motivated by spreading the spreading the word of the lord jesus christ but instead making a fuck ton of money um and obviously doing it in illegal ways so in uh, 1989, Jim was sentenced to 45 years in prison for Holy 24 shit. counts of fraud and conspiracy counts. Um, and in 1992, Tammy filed for divorce while he was in prison, saying in a, later, in a letter to the New Covenant Church in Orlando that for years I've been pretending that everything was all right when in fact I hurt all the time. I cannot pretend anymore. In October of the following year, she went on to marry a property developer, Roe Messner, after he divorced his own wife, they moved to Charlotte, the Charlotte suburbs of Matthews, North Carolina, 
Um, and they went on to still live Christian uh, lifestyles. They were neighbors to Christian recording star David L. Cook. Um, and they... What happened to all their kind swag? Of still went on to... Was it seized after your man Well, I'm sure arrested? a lot of it was... I'd say so. Um, so her second husband, Ro, uh, Ro, was actually the developer who would help build uh, the heritage land, the, Dis- the, the Christian Disneyland. Ah. So it's possible that there was something potentially going on for them before. Um, Ro was also the man who had helped produce the money to pay off Han. Uh, later billing PTL for work that was never completed. So he was obviously somewhat in on it that they had ah. uh, fraudulently, you know, obviously fraudulently gotten him to bill work and, and it was never done. So um, yeah. he was later convicted of bankruptcy fraud, claiming to owe 30 million to over 300 creditors in 1990. And he went to prison in uh, <laughs> 1990. Six. And did and uh, Tammy year, have Tammy another very timely change of heart about this relationship she, she'd yeah, been in? She published her. She published, but she had a sad life. Um, after that, she she was diagnosed with cancer. She she wrote a couple of books, movies, and and had some television appearances. She was twice on the Drew Carey show in nineteen ninety six and nineteen ninety nine, and um, yeah, she just, she just is a fucking character she lived with cancer for 11 years before she um before she passed away from it um but she's the subject of a new she's the subject already of a documentary called the eyes of tammy faye which was narrated by rupaul um and she's the new film obviously starring jessica chastain which is called let me get it for you is there any suggestion here that Tammy was the sort of, you know, malevolent force. Mastermind, yeah. Being the common denominator and all. I don't know, because I think that Roe was involved and probably became involved. I think there was just like a lot of people around, uh, you know, this, um, were just, just around these people who made a, a fuckload of money who mm-hmm. were like, morally sort of bankrupt like they were claiming to have all these values and then they didn't have them and and then when people realized they were lying about that or like maybe not fulfilling that in any sort of way there's like leeway there for them to like take loads of money i think it just attracted any sort of con artist in fucking orbit and they all came along and made a shit ton of money did it illegally it's fascinating right if you're gonna do Power corrupts, money corrupts, of course it does. But mm. if they had just not, I suppose they wouldn't have had the audience if they hadn't claimed to be these super, super Christians. But mm-hmm. it's mad because I always thought this kind of televangelist kind of buzz like came with a degree of knowledge that this person was probably a charlatan. Like, um, does anyone remember the John Martin, that's not his name, Steve Martin film, A Leap of Faith? Um, it's yes. real kind of 90s comedy. And it was about, you know, one of these kind of characters, the kind you go around in a touring tent and, you know, lay hands on and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, and like that seemed all it's very razzle terrible. dazzle. And then also a real yeah. kind of, you know, yeah, I mean, they, they're showmen. 
a showman, but you preying know? on pe- vulnerable people, ultimately. Like, people who would find themselves yeah. in need of, of <laughs> <You're right>. religion, <laughs> of religious guidance, are often You're so right. People grieving uh, and the ill and people looking for the miracles, Ill. basically. Yeah, yeah. And oh my it, God, listen to me. That's what's at the heart of the badness about this, really. It's like, okay, it's all well and good when everyone is kind of in on the swiz together, which is sort of what you could argue religion is. Mm. But if there's a main benefit benefactor here being a family or a church it's that isn't it happens every yeah. single fucking time but well, there's always someone at the top there is always someone at the top and because i suppose like the religious values are that you give to your community it's very much like about the congregate congregation and the, the commune and the mm-hmm. people that you surround yourself with it's very easy to convince people to hand over their cash to support the church or to support mm-hmm. the ministers or whatever it is. And then obviously they're going to have like a disproportionate high amount of fucking money. And then if Dreadful. you have that level of money, if you have... What do you think happens? Go you're from just... having very little to having millions in a couple mm-hmm. of years. You're not going to have the capacity to know how to, to spend that money properly. Well, I would welcome I would the chance happy. to try to exactly <laughs> you would though because you would turn into you'd turn into terrible people the disparity would, would create worse. between you and everybody else it would just there's no coming back from it you're probably you know? right Cass best to just stay medium and if you had lo- yeah medium. and if you had if loads of money and people in your life were like you it, you would you'd never be able to build trustworthy relationships with people. You'd be like, do they want to be my friend or do they want to be my friend because I'm a fucking millionaire? Mm-hmm. I'd buy my own friend the answer too. Is generally that they'd... I'd buy my own friend. I'd buy my own friend. Or you just have to only hang out with people with the same exact amount of millions as you and that would create a level playing field. But very hard to ask people No, that I don't think so. But I think we should actually do a really good creep on... Lot of winners and how it has, how it has made people fucking miserable. Well, I think it was the Daily this week talked a bit about this. Could have been the Guardian, whatever the weekly ones are. And there was a woman who'd won the lottery three times in her life. She won the first something like three million. Two years later, won it again, two million. Uh, I think ten years later, she won ten million, or maybe five years later, she won ten million. Unbelievable. I think when you win the lotto, you should stop playing the lotto. Well, that's it, Cass, because I think what she did then after she had her first big jackpot was continue to play and play probably very heavily considering she had all this extra dough. And that was what caused the following wins. But yeah, ultimately, but that I sounds think she like just blasted yeah. through the cash. Addicted yeah. to the high, you could say. Have we lost Sophs? She's gone to get warm somewhere. She's just, she's just walked out. She's yeah, walked she's out. She's just left. And uh, what we're looking at here is... She's uh, obviously uncomfortable accent. because Sophie's a millionaire. Because she <laughs> owns a B&B we're all in the west her. of Ireland. <laughs> you would yeah. be a fucking millionaire owning a and b in these days. Especially on the west of Ireland, I think. Sophie, I was thinking there as you were talking about yes. trying not to get your hair wet in the ocean... And how you should have just fashioned a cap by wrapping cling film around and around and around your head, not your face. No, 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 no. I like diving, you see. Ah, Like I like to dive in. That would have held. That would have held. No, No. sure. I tried to wrap a bit of 
uh, clean film around my tattoo when it was still kind of fresh and I was swimming and it just no joy like the cling film took a moment to laugh in my face before flopping off now I did retreat what about Martin Martin would he have an old so you literally walked you walked a bit of plastic into the sea on your holidays yeah I did I just distributed it uh, to the four seas the four seas the high seas okay so let me just tell you guys a little story about a little lady whose name was Jody. Now, love it. The whole crazy ex-girlfriend thing, as we know, is a bullshit mis- misogynistic myth. However, sometimes there is exceptions and sometimes bitches do be crazy. <laughs> now, if anyone's taking that to publish to Twitter to shame me, You have to include the first part of the sentence. Not just the second in isolation. Thank you. Okay. Also, fuck those people. Men can be bitches too. (laughs) As women can be bastards. Dead right. Dead right. Okay. So this is the story of Jodie Arias. Do you guys remember this story? Mm. It'll all start coming back, I'd say. Okay. So this, I think as well, the kind of core message of this story is that there is no such thing as free anal. <laughs> yeah. Didn't expect that. Always. Right. Anal, ironically enough, always comes back to bite you in the arse. Seriously. <laughs> as a young man called Travis Alexander found out in the hard way. The very hard way. The hardest way. Oh, oh okay. I'm excited. Okay, so there's always fallout, basically. You don't convince a woman <laughs> on that matter without, yeah, like I said, no such thing as free lunch. Okay, so let me tell you a bit about Jody, a bit about Jody and Travis. Okay, Jody was from California. She was born, she's kind of nearly our age. She was born in 1980. So she's just past the 40 mark now. Still looking great. Um, she had kind of like in some articles described as like a very like notably normal typical childhood but then the article would go on to say about how like when she was going through difficult times when she was a teenager her dad would, like push her around and her mom used to like I don't know like spank the kids and I was like eh, it's kind of veering yeah. into fairly shit great. yeah mm-hmm. but anyway she survived relatively unscathed except for the extremely 90s brows that stayed with her on into the noughties and so and then I think there was probably some other invisible scars from her childhood but the brows really Mm -hmm. the brows held I think a key to a kind of a turbulence so what are we talking an inner turbulence so thin so gotcha. thin. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And so Single thin, hair. Still end in like. End. Yeah. Yeah. Just like comb over eyebrow of a single little hair. Anyway, she kind of started doing the kind of usual, I would say, low grade teenage. Well, let's just say if Jodie hadn't gone on to experience the things she experienced in later years, 
all of this would seem like textbook teenage. So, for example, she pissed off her parents because they caught her growing weed in little Tupperware boxes on the roof of their house. Fair. Fine. Um, uh. First boyfriend was kind of a vampire. I mean, we all, there was, everyone had that we- guy in their school. If not, yep. as their actual first, in my case, second boyfriend. Well, like, yeah. you know the way, like benign goths slash yeah. vampires, you know. Same um, diff. Same diff. She dropped out of high school and went to work at a restaurant. She was in her kind of teens at this stage, late teens. And um, the restaurant, I will include the name for your benefit, Jen. The restaurant was called Purple Plum. <laughs> I, just thought, I just thought you'd enjoy it I, I said Jen will like that detail Jen gets it in I do I mean um, it's not giving me a hungry I don't want to eat a purple plum I mean I have no, It feels no. It's some I, Never mind We're I mean I would say Since Since childbirth I have been dogged As you all know <laughs> No they don't all know Because this is the other podcast <laughs> You know, that kind of like fly-by-night hemorrhoid that would often surface and then retract. Absolutely. I That's thought I it. felt her. I thought I felt her coming on for a little trip there, but now she then she retreated again. But anyway, look. Little little itchy friend. Very yeah. relatable. That is just called a Saturday night, Saturday night with a little bullet of waxy anusol, and it's very pleasant. Okay, so... Uh, Cass, Cass, Cass's Jeffrey Dahmer's uh, glasses combined with her head shaking have taken it on a new level now. She's just not impressed. I'm just listening. Yeah. I'm no, I am impressed. I'm just absorbing. I just don't have Are they, uh, something and, and to communicate right now. She has <laughs> no hemorrhoids. Good for you, Cass. Not a roid no, in sight. I don't. I know, well, I you're always thought out. I was going to be that person who would never experience it either until my children. Little, Bam. Little bastards that they are. Um, I don't even know what they could have been doing in that area that would make that all then become a recurrent issue. But again, hey, anyone, just listeners, get in touch. Just put subject line <laughs> purple plum uh, and write to me at creepingforlove at gmail.com. But look, basically all I'm saying is if I went... And I was even if I was absolutely starving, if I saw a restaurant cafe called Purple Plum, I'd have to pass. I just couldn't. It would kill my appetite. But anyway, I digress. Okay, Jodie was quite bad at relationships. As in, she would kind of strange instincts when it came to um, her partners. So for example, she got then in her late teens, she was about 20. She got with a guy called Daryl who was divorced. And pretty soon into the relationship, Jodie, for reasons like really only known to herself, started modeling herself on Daryl's ex-wife, which huh. he's he has chosen to get yeah. that woman out of his life. It seems odd that you would then start kind of cosplaying as her. But anyway, she obviously got a look at the ex-wife, said hair, tits, car, and did just that. Dyed her hair blonde, got a boob job, got the same car as this woman. Um, incredibly, that relationship with Daryl didn't last. Um, oh. So then 
in 2006, right? So she'd been waitressing on and off since high school. She was into photography, um, but it is roundly agreed that she was very bad at it. Um, so she saw this um, kind of like marketing material, right? For, what is it called again? An MLM, multi-level marketing, is that? That's what marketing you call those pyramid scheme. schemes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So multi-level marketing, yeah. Thank you. Genius. Genius. Bring them back. So she bring saw back gifting tables as well. Promo for this MLM that was called prepaid legal. And with prepaid legal, it was basically a kind of MLM that sold insurance so what you did is if you wanted to work with prepaid legal you paid 250 dollars to an associate in the company and you obviously came in then on that bottom layer of the pyramid and you basically paid for the honor of being able to sell insurance and basically you'd be selling insurance to clients and the kind of insurance you were selling was um was uh that um, the person who bought the insurance would always have a lawyer. So it was insurance to always have okay. a lawyer. Which is I see. obviously kind of having quite low expectations for your own life. That you yes. feel that it would be best if you were insured for always having legal representation. But is that, I wonder, is that just guaranteeing a lawyer or is this insurance to pay for the thing? Pay yeah. for your legal. Okay, Both. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It would just guarantee that you had the funds to cover a lawyer, just the way health insurance would kind of guarantee that you have a stay in hospital covered. It's Perfect. just like, it's just so interesting because with health insurance, I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed to need, need it at some point. Most people would hope that they would not. Jen, you though, however, not you me. would be the perfect I, I, candidate at the moment for the prepaid legal insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I just thought as an aside that a phrase like prepaid legal truly illustrates the importance of punctuation. Because when I first came across it, all I could hear was prepaid legal. And I just kind of heard like, it sounds like, okay, well, like it could be, for example, a sexy service where you got oh sorry the person was at the legal age yeah that they were prepaid and legal know what i mean oh, like it's kind of a sexual yes. gift, gifting service like it just it's like a one for all voucher but it's for sex work that's oh. all i hear basically i'm just saying think think before you buy the donut domain is all i'm saying anyway yeah. Do you think that our minds go to dark places from years of doing this podcast, though? I think like no. when I watch anything now, when anything, I'm waiting for the con or the murder yeah. or the affair or something. I have no faith in humanity whatsoever. Yeah. When people tell me like when oh, someone's telling me a story about their own lives. Yeah. I'm like, where's the twist? I don't care. No, no. So it's like, oh, I met this. Oh, my friend met this guy on Tinder and the person can be like beaming with contact joy for their for their friend and i'd be like where's where what's he gonna be where's the bit it's not him yeah like yeah surely yeah 
there isn't just a legitimate person using a dating app. <laughs> Seems too far-fetched. Uh, I think our friendship, this is now just a bit of love from me to you guys. Our friendship has countered the blackness for me. And the love of the creeps as well. Anyway, I can't see how you guys are reacting facially to that bit of sincerity because I'm over in my notes tab, which is covering you both. So well, I was really, I, I was really touched in general to rise. <laughs> I was just waiting for a, a secondary dick, but uh, none came. <laughs> and it never yeah, came. Yeah, it's like waiting for it. It'll come, it'll come privately elsewhere. It'll be, it'll be somewhere it's being banked now for something oh, yeah. else. Oh yeah. I'll for the pre-records. Slip in the shiv later when you're least expecting Exactly. It. Okay. So remember, it's 2006. Jody has just seen this sexy DVD material for prepaid legal and she was like oh my god that is what I want to do with my life well kind of she was like interesting and a friend was like do you want to come to this very sexy MLM conference and I would I picture it as taking place in like an Ibis or something like that and some very shiny suits and piss catchers on the men women brush up well they probably looked good um, not an eyebrow in place in the place though I'd say everyone just <laughs> slivers of eyebrows um, so anyway at this conference she met a guy called Travis okay huh. and okay. she was immediately it was a fairy tale from the moment they met okay like yes for example she, she sparks wasn't yet, flying sparks flying she wasn't yet in the prepaid legal pyramid however he was like, do you want to go to this conference mixer with me later? And she was like, oh, but I, I'm not even, I'm not even indoctrinated into this L- MLM yet. And he was like, no probs, I'll get you in. And then it was also, it was like a black and gold ball. And uh, she was like, I have nothing to wear. Classy. Suave Travis or T-Dog to his friends. Went out and bought her a dress. It was proper pretty woman shit. Oh, he very. That's very ballsy. To go to the conference mixer. And she got to uh, cosplay insurance saleswoman. And so that obviously swept her off her feet somewhat. She was now, willing to do anything to repay him. Nearly. Yes. Well, pretty much. Now I need to tell you a little bit about Travis to explain what happened next okay. year. But I'll tell you what happened next, just kind of cold, just for the confusion of it. So, yes. took her to the black and gold ball. She was swept off her feet. And then Travis converted her. Yeah. <laughs> converted her? I looked to Cassie to say, yeah. As if like, Natch. <laughs> Or was she saying yes to somebody off my Converted her into what? Mormonism. Like, into, like to follow... Mormonism. Hence yes. the age. Yes. Yes. I'm with you. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, I'm so yes. glad you know about the anal thing. Oh, we're going to talk about this, but this is so interesting. The Mormon sex menu is very, very intriguing. Yeah. Okay. So let me roll Taking back. Taking it up the ass little... for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus doesn't mind. Jesus looks the other way on that one. 
and a few others. Okay, so take it back. I'm going to take it back a notch to Travis, tell you a little tiny bit about Travis before we go back to Jody and Travis and the love story for the ages. So poor Travis, right? Quite a different childhood to Jody. He grew up in extreme poverty. And his mother, once in a meth-fueled rage, smashed up their family possessions. And oh God. Travis had the option to go and live with his Mormon grandparents. And when that option came up and he had the chance to choose between meth or Mormonism, he chose the less taxing path of Mormonism. Went to live with the grandparents, did his mission, did his mission in Colorado. um, And he immediately was very, very happy and comfortable in the whole Mormon community because it was just like his childhood had been total chaos. Here was sort of a community. There was parameters. He just knew how it worked and it was sort of straightforward, you know? Um, However, even though he was kind of baptized and had done his mission and everything and he had taken a vow of chastity, which is a total normal thing for Mormons to do, but obviously spells disaster it always does really does it never works out when people just denounce this really core part of human existence he wore a ring that was that said ctr and that wasn't it didn't stand for cunt's rule it in fact stood for choose the right and the Uh, right being the right hole (laughs) yes Um, so he um yeah he was a bit a la carte when it came to the mormonism mainly because he could not stop just jizzing around the place Um, (laughs) and now being mormon he was kind of jizzing adjacent to a lot of these people we'll get into it so that then it was after he was kind of baptized and in the in mormonism that he he joined prepaid legal and and uh, he was kind of just like really pulling himself up by the bootstraps. He sort of got into a low grade bit of Tony Robbinsing. In okay. In terms of like, I see. he kind of was giving sort of talks about being self-made, overcoming, you know, struggles, things like that. And mm-hmm. so yeah. he was a guy on the upward trajectory, good looking guy. Uh, as I said, T-Dog to his friends. Um, and they moved to, um, excuse me, Arizona to a town that had been founded by the LDS. And so he was super in it in terms of the, the Mormonism. Okay, so cut back. Remember, he's just met Jody at the um, prepaid legal conference. and Swept her um, off her mm-hmm. feet. Swept her off her feet. Um, Jody very suggestible she immediately became very interested in the Mormonism aspect of Travis because I think from the off she basically put the eye on him and was like it was basically the equivalent of me pretending to like and you will know us by our trail of dead when I first met Seb it's perfect when you're like you're like oh yeah I love insert unlikely nine inch nails 
Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever it may be. Or you know, nice I up in Berlin at that gig. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. I like a- a- anything that you pretended to. I love smoking and then cut to you're then smoking for the next 20 years all because you were trying to impress Ross when you were 13 and you were sitting on a wall by the dart station okay so basically Jody went for the Mormonism and they even though he was bringing her into the church and being all like this is what the church is it's what we can and can't do they immediately started meeting in a friend's house and kind of for kind of a it was like a boning way stop that was halfway between their houses so Jody was still living in California and he was living in Arizona and then he moved to Utah as well so like they are it's a bit of a long distance it's like 300 miles yeah so yeah they were meeting at a halfway house that belonged to their friends 300 miles yeah like so far isn't it like this so no... far yeah yeah but in, hard to relate to in well, I suppose Martin, if they're meeting Island. halfway, it's like two hours for each of them. And yeah, they really, really want to come because they're Mormons. And I suppose they're used to jumping through hoops, eh? um, you know, to, to get the <laughs> get your hole. Yes, basically. Exactly. So I guess to them, they were like, OK, like, we'll do this. Now, I need to tell you all about the Mormon sex technicalities. OK, oral, not sex. Okay, oral doesn't count in the eyes of Jesus. Oral is kosher. Anal is cool. No problems with anal. Um, Now, dry humping, very popular among Mormons. Dry humping in the Mormon community is called the Provo push. Obviously, Provo Provo means something completely different in America as it would here in Ireland. So all I could picture. What does it mean I, here? IRA. It's the Provos. It's it's um provisional Irish uh, oh, sorry. Republican army. So I was thinking too. Pavlova. <laughs> Don't hump a Pavlova. It would go everywhere. What a mess. Uh, yes, yeah, so the Provo mess. push is called the Provo push because it originated in a town called Provo. But I'm just really enjoying. So for our American listeners, of of which there are apparently dozens, uh, the Provos <laughs> is, is a slang for the IRA um, over here. So basically, lots of uh, dry humping among the. I won't even finish saying it because, you know, they say that they're not active anymore, but. <laughs> I like how the town Provo, whatever, in the US has decided it invented dry humping and then decided to name it after itself. Picking better thing. It's actually so audacious of them. There's no way that you originated dry humping. I mean, dry humping is the kind of thing that as soon as you hit puberty, your pelvis, completely independent of your brain, your pelvis is just automatically humping things. Like just frottaging everything in your home. Just frottaging. Frottage. The cuddly toys that got it. <laughs> telling you. Um, You've gone too far. Ah, Cassie, don't be ridiculous. Everyone had a little teddy bear that enough. had like a paw, you know, a certain, that a paw with a oh, certain God. angle. Look at her, she's just looking away in disgust. You see, Cassie, this Head is shaking. what... This yeah. is what early 
Christian intervention does, Cass. You're still in recovery. So you're forgetting. I yeah. know. I'm sending yeah. you a, a I was a just, Zoom hug. you guys were all frottaging your little bears and I was, yeah, I was reading John 3, 16. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Was that one of the bits about going Literally. to hell? Literally. Of course. Just, Fuck just John. love everybody. Fuck that guy. Okay. So anyway, they were doing the Provo push all over the shop anytime they got a chance. Okay. Um, now, this then, a dynamic started to develop between Travis and Jody. I think we're all going to recognize this dynamic. Travis constantly insisting that she was not his girlfriend. Oh, yes. Okay. I feel like oh, that old fact, chestnut. When I announced that everyone would know this dynamic, I was really exposing myself there. But I know this dynamic. I had a boyfriend who was like, ashamed of me and I couldn't compute that like I desperately needed to walk away from this and instead pushed hard into it yeah yeah you just you were the one you're gonna change him yeah oh yeah yeah he does he just doesn't realize that he loves me (laughs) as he is consistently hiding me from his friends which Travis was doing to Jody as yeah. well. He was Provo pushing her. But if I just take off my glasses and straighten my away. hair. Yeah, exactly. In every picture of them on the internet, he just looks really resigned. Like she looks happy and hot because she is hot. And he just looks like he, he just wants to be anywhere else at all. He wants to be up his own asshole after... <laughs> 10 Guinnesses the night before rather than being standing next to that woman anyway shitty behavior on his part then Jody kind of starts uh, kind of gets a hold of that uh, sort of uh, do you remember uh, do you remember the girl who oh fuck I can't remember her name we did her in the live in Cork oh, go oh, on I can't remember who was she anyway um, hot dogs yes. hot dogs hot dogs yeah. basically um, Jody started kind of playing out of the hot dogs playbook she got a, an email got a f- email that she wrote herself from a stalker that she invented up mm. invented up herself <laughs> made up herself showed it to Travis um, in oh, a kind no. of a bid for him to like co- ex- invite her to come and live with him rescue oh i see yeah yeah anything just to kind of try just to try and wheedle a reaction out of him and again i really relate like that that kind of stonewalling that a person who is provo pushing you every chance they get but then absolutely stonewalling you uh is just it's fucked up it's a really bad dynamic it's fucked up anyway then jody started um escalating shall we say and she'd arrive in the middle of the night uh she lived five hours drive away it's important to note she'd arrive at his door 2 3 a.m if the door was locked she'd crawl in the cat flap oh god remember i mean contortionist I, it's impressive. It's very impressive. They might have had a very 
big cat. I don't know. Um, do you remember in school when you'd um, write your name and the last name of your crush on like notebooks and stuff like that? Again, maybe yeah. it just might be me. But anyway, she took that. Now, very next level. Had a t-shirt made that oh simply said Travis Alexander's. As in oh, property off. Belonging um, to Yuck. Yeah. She wore that around. Uh, tried to claim Travis had given her. But friends said later, there's no way Travis gave her that shirt. Oh, Travis had done it. It would have said T-Dog. Um, so then next thing, she's breaking into his MySpace account. Remember, we're in 2007. And... Um, saw all these like dirty texts he'd been sending to other women on MySpace. Then, next move, very interesting. She used the dirty texts that she found breaking into his private MySpace. She used that to blackmail him into being her boyfriend. It's wild. That is just... It's definitely not healthy. Can I ask a quick, quick side question? Have either of you ever broken into anyone's email or? Yes. No, really? it's. Yes. Tell us. No, every it's, single I feel person so... I've ever been with. Shut up. No. Cassie, are you, do you think this is How wrong? Did you no, I feel so passionate about not breaking into people's, not reading people's messages or not reading people's emails. Everyone has like the right to privacy if you break that boundary and they do it to you and they see all my dirty texts then I'm in trouble that's a exactly. joke there's no dirty texts but no like I just feel really passionate party. about not doing right. that but I think it's a it's a youth factor thing it's a wild thing con- it's like a youth thing you would do that I've seen youth. it it is I've when you're really it. young I suppose if you were yeah in relationships with people when you're everyone has is texting and has the access to everything all the time then maybe there'd be a temptation there but no it's very I bad think it's, it's very bad i've seen it backfire like dramatically um so that would never tempt me so obviously for quite selfish reasons there i just don't i just don't want to yeah. drift into i just like, don't think we should we should we should surveil other people you know they have zero tolerance hmm. for surveillance surveillance yeah Good. that's true that's true you're right um okay friends tried to warn travis because they felt that this was getting fucking weird which it really was um like okay so uh you know this house where they met to do their provo pushing slash anal um not yeah. slash anal that's such a horrible combination <laughs> of words like anal lovely on its own don't introduce slash okay so the French slash to, anal it was a <laughs> it was a husband and wife that they were meeting at their gap also how annoying that your friends are just using your spare room to bone um uh while you're just trying to have a nice life anyway and um, one night so friend awkward. said sat travis down and said this exactly she said, you're going to end up dismembered in Jody's fridge. Mm. And then Jody realized, or sorry, then the friend realized that Jody was at the door listening. 
to this oh. warning being issued. Like, imagine hearing somebody whisper that about you. And then and what did she do? She she drifted away. She said she was leaving. Jody did, right? And then they thought she'd left. The old fake leave move. The friend reiterated to Travis, I think probably saying something along the lines of, you see? You see? She's fucking genuinely yeah. getting crazier. And then sure wasn't Jody still there. So I heard the whole thing again. Bit of a almost physical version of the three-way calling. And um, then Travis started sexting a lot to other women. And she kept catching him. They kept breaking up. But then they were constantly still banging on the side. And um, they had at this point gotten penetrative, actually, I must add. Um, okay. Memorably, uh, he baptized her. Like he himself did the baptization, baptism. <laughs> And then they they fucked for the first time properly just a few hours later. Oh, gorgeous. so that's quite interesting because like you're doing a baptism where you're renouncing things and pledging things, and I don't know what because obviously, like most Catholic children, wasn't actually I wasn't consulted. My baptism was not consensual, so I don't remember what goes on at the. But I know that you definitely must say like I'm not going to fuck till I'm married because that seems just basic. So anyway, they were they were fucking. So anyway, right? They're breaking up. They're getting back together. He started dating a girl called Lisa. Um, then Jody, not a bother to her, moves just from 300 miles away to just three miles down the road. So now she's quite local to Travis. Mm. At least for a stretch. I can't remember. And she seems to go a bit back and forth between California, where her parents and family live, to three miles from Travis's house. And... Um, He's with this Lisa one, but sometimes like him and Lisa would be like just sitting on the couch at home in the living room, just shifting and then would have the sensation of being watched. Jody, just outside the window, just staring in. (gasps) Oh, Jody needs to get a life now at this stage. Oh, no. (laughs) Jody is, she has a life. Her life is so exciting. It's full of fucking with Travis. She starts sneaking into his house when he's not there and moving shit around and hiding shit. And she sent Lisa, the the new girlfriend, an anonymous email saying that, quote, God was ashamed of your whoredoms. <laughs> I'm going to keep whoredoms. What a great word, though. Pop it in the back pocket. It's a great word. Uh, Travis, okay, would come home, find Jody asleep in his bed. He, they are not going out anymore at all. But this is still happening. And then you see, the thing is, Travis was still fucking her. And so that's mixed messages. And Jody really, I mean, I'm not defending her, but she wasn't sending mixed messages. She was sending one single message extremely loud. And it was, I am becoming more and more unhinged. Like, I'm... Breaking into your house. I'm breaking into your email. I'm not doing All the warning signs are there. Mm. So then, year 2008 happens. Boom. Trav has a really, really persistent ex-girlfriend. And he also has one of those 100% mortgages. So now he is in negative equity on top of everything else. So. Oh, that's very stressful. That is a shit buzz. Massively shit buzz. 
Around the same time, Travis starts a blog, because again, 2008. Then Jody starts a blog, because Travis started a blog. Um, Jody's blog is just reposting things from Travis's blog. It is such Has a bizarre Travis type of intimidation. No, at no. At this stage, why not? He never did. I think probably because of toxic masculinity. I would oh, say. I see. Okay. Don't you think? Because I just feel like it's 2008. There's way less discourse about, like, there's less discourse about intimate spousal abuse. There's way less about domestic abuse mm. where men are the victim like I just think it's all kind of that sort of stuff probably okay. what do you guys think okay. and I think he just yeah, totally was in be. control and also he was a fairly like young fit guy I would say in his mind he's probably never felt physically threatened maybe like think about it you I know see. he's so moves he ne- in Mormon it, she, he circles never... she's like Victoria Beckham small she's a tiny thing and you know the way I would say like that he probably has never felt threatened physically no. because of that. So it's just, I can see how that maybe never crosses his mind. But yeah, it's definitely, and then I think the thing is as well, that he just keeps going for her too. Like, even though it's definitely getting into such bizarro batshit territory, they're still having stuff like phone sex and everything. And she, remind me to come back to the phone sex thing. So anyway, right. It all comes to a head with a blog post. Of course it does. The 2000s were a wild ride. Travis, obviously very foresight here, Travis is displaying. He posts the blog post about wanting to marry a gold digger. Now, Travis may have invented clickbait because, so it was a very clicky um, headline, but when you read the article, what Travis really wanted was a gold digger woman who could dig deep and find the gold in him. So it was a metaphor, a very beautiful metaphor. Right. Mm. Jody read the blog post and was sent into a tailspin because it wasn't about her in any fucking way. She was never going to be Travis's gold digger, even though she spent like nearly two years, I would say athletically, going after him and she retreated like shut down no contact with him she had prior to this never stopped talking about him with everyone in her life i'd say it was fucking tedious jen has had to tell me to shut up about people in fact and one of the nice things jen ever did for me is just letting me know just letting me know i really needed to shut up about this guy because it was becoming so tedious. And look, you need to tell your friends that because they do sound like idiots. They don't know sometimes. They're just spiraling. They're spiraling, exactly. Just sometimes people are closure on that. I married him. Processing. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, (laughs) So anyway, um, yeah. So she was fucking furious, okay? Um, Next thing. She staged a burglary of her grandparents' house. She stole $30, um, a DVD player, a gun, and I don't know, probably like a roll of duct tape as well. It was a very shit staged burglary, like $30 and a DVD player. I feel like the gun is the high ticket item there. Yeah, uh, so very clearly trying to be hidden among DVD, roll of duct tape, 
$30, like $30. Could you not even just stump up a bit more money to steal? Like this $30 was stolen out of her room in the grandparents' house. So it was her $30. And that was her like, this will throw them off the scent. The burglar throw, stole $30 from the granddaughter. Couldn't be her. Um, and she got herself some jerry cans mm. full of petrol. And then she kind of set up this weird kind of like smokescreen date with this new guy that she'd been kind of pretending to date. So she was trying to build an alibi. Okay. So she'd arranged this date with this lad. This is murky. I found it a bit hard to get the timeline of all this perfect. But basically she went on the date so that it would look like she was in California on this date, the night of June 3rd. Then drives through the night, gets to Travis's the next day, next morning or something. Goes to Travis. We know for a fact that they had sex all afternoon. We have photographic evidence of this. Jody mm-hmm. has great tits. I went looking for these pictures because I am black through and through, black in my soul. I need. You to cut that filth. out. <laughs> I am filth. So, uh, some of the pickies, just for any listeners who are immediately like, I know what I'm going to do next. Just be aware that some are very, very close up of genitalia. Okay. Next picture, right? There's lots of pictures that are like uh, time stamped 5 p.m. on this afternoon. And uh, they're like Travis having a shower. And it's just like, you know, a bit of bicep, bit of man in the shower, you know? Yes. Then the next, the last picture of Travis alive is really, really disturbing. What it's is Travis it? sitting in the shower, just looking really, really despairing or grim, oh, just something. Okay. So the camera kept the camera at some point dropped to the floor and kept taking pictures so there are these really weird blurry pictures that seem to have captured some of what happened in the next few minutes which is chaos murder jody stabbed him 30 times holy fuck (gasps) at some point he managed to lurch out of the shower and spew blood into the sink of the bathroom and sort of stagger out of the shower, out of the bathroom. She is stabbing him the whole time. She eventually <sighs> stabbed him in the head. Then, oh my god, slit his throat, oh ear to ear, so deep she hits spine. And right. then she shot him in the head with the gun. Just why Just at the end? Fucking. Like, if I can't have him, no one can? Well, I think no one could have him after the throat slitting, in fairness. The gun, but like, the oh gunshot, God, not God. necessary in any way. But yeah, like, I do not in any way want to sound like I'm impressed. But, and I'm not, but like, can you imagine what it took to do that? No, no, I, no. I, just, I just cannot, even just in terms of, the way you described her as well as size being so wise, slight. There's such so a discrepancy. How, it's just insane. I wonder how she achieved it. And how, you know that way? 
I'm presuming just sheer surprise from his perspective just left him vulnerable. That last picture, if you look at it, you can bring it up real quick. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Uh, it looks, I, my theory is that she's holding a gun on him there. What did you search knows. to see it? Probably Travis Alexander picture. Alexander, maybe. last picture. Yeah. All right, we're all going in. Oh, like right. He looks, is that picture just yeah. zooming in on his face? So, kind that of. One. You can see his shoulders. And the bathroom tiles behind. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. yeah. Yes. Like, Very he looks strange. really haunted. Slash hunted. Like, yes. I just feel like, is he looking at someone who's, that he's suddenly realized, oh, fuck. Has like, she, it's hard to say, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. Has she said something? Or, or is she holding the gun now? Or something? Mm-hmm. Do, so I did know. you say he was he might shot be right, last? The element of so surprise. yeah, or shot shot last. He was shot last. Yeah, which mm. I think you know the way with injuries, like stabbing, they can tell if you're like if your heart's still pumping while you're being stabbed and things like that. Yeah. So Dexter. I think that yeah, uh, they oh, know dear. that it was the gun. Then what happens? Last. She presumably was caught immediately, or did she even try to run? <laughs> Yes, madness. So she did a bit of a cursory swipe around the place with a towel. Um, hilarious. Like the one of the worst jobs I've ever seen. The house was drenched in blood. I don't know why I did this, but I've gone through loads of pictures today. Um, and so she did the cursory swipe around with the towel, wash towel, dragged him back into the shower to kind oh, of wash his body. Like yeah. again, I can't. But he get was over. bleeding out then. That so she was trying to. She was getting rid of the blood. She was like, "Oh fuck, it's still coming out of him." So oh, she lashes there him was in there. blood everywhere. But like, yeah, not madness because there was blood all over the hall outside, all over the bathroom, and she did not clean it. Like it was weird to even attempt to clean him slash attempt to clean the place with the towel. Because, but maybe she did embark on it and then realized this is insanely pointless. I don't know. But even just then again, she get must him back pre- into the bath. Like, think but she about must trying have to pull this Dan whole thing. into a bath. What about that? She super, did superhuman strength. Yeah, the so, adrenaline or something. Yeah. But anyway, I don't yeah. know if she put that. Much. Well, she did put thought into what happened next. I don't think it was that smart. But basically, she picked up the camera, deleted all the pictures or thought she had, but one is one of those kind of like. They were able to extract them later. She put the camera and the towel, along with a ton of bleach, into the washing machine in the house and turned that on and then hit the road. Um, she Weird. Yeah, she drove in a rental car to um, this prepaid legal conference. Um, all the while, she had left her phone off for like something like 24 hours that was the night before on into the day and into the night before. Like she yeah. turned her phone on again until she was ages away from his house again. And um, so, yeah, she was massively planning everything. Um, she uh, left messages on your man Travis's uh, voicemail, fake messages asking if he wanted to um, accompany her to Othello. Um, uh, her... I've heard one of the messages is all like really weirdly formal, but I guess maybe it would be really formal with the person you just murdered. I don't know. Um. so anyway, look, she did hit the road. O- obviously she didn't get away with this for too long. 
like she met her kind of you know that guy she was sort of dating she met him at the conference mm. that she was kind of driving to and like there was loads of stuff like he met her and she had loads of bandages on her hands oh, and she was wearing long sleeves all the way through the conference even though it was boiling hot she told different people different stories about how she'd got the cuts on her hands. So she told him that they were from an injury that she had gotten while working at a restaurant called Margaritaville. Now, if you were going to make up the name of a restaurant that was in Siquio <laughs> County, California, would you no, call it Margaritaville? Yeah. No such restaurant yes. exists. Not make one. If I was going to start a restaurant, that's what I would call it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And uh, then like when they started, like obviously Alexander, Sir Travis's roommates found him um, in, in in the bathroom, in the bath, dead. It's so grim. I've seen pictures of all of this. Why did I do it? Now I contain them forever. But anyway, um, they found him and the police obviously called. There was just a ton of evidence at the scene. There was a bloody palm print in the bathroom. Of hers. Which was a it was a it was a bloody palm print. The blood was a mixture of hers and his. Oh, for and God's sake. she okay. was insisting that she hadn't seen him since April. And right. even though like there was literally pictures of her on the camera naked, pictures of her entire gusset undercarriage area. And um, I just suddenly had a flash of like, wouldn't that be such a funny lineup if that was the only way of identifying? Anyway, okay. Um, so, look, it was pretty open. It would be a good show. one. It would be good, wouldn't it? Because everyone's is very unique. No two are the same. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, they, uh, yeah, they just arrested her pretty quick. <laughs> they were like, yeah, seems like you're just totally guilty. And how long so did she get? W- within the month, yeah. she was what happened on to trial. Her? The trial was frankly insane um they were trying to paint this whole picture of like travis being this massive deviant and do you remember when i was saying they were constantly phone sexing so mm-hmm. jody one time um unbeknownst to travis recorded the phone sexing um and so this <gasps> was played at the trial because they were trying oh, by the defense because they were trying oh, to see. kind of in, they were trying to implicate Travis and basically make it out that he had like pedophilic tendencies and oh really yeah. fucking weird stuff. Like per usual, basically victim blaming, just mm-hmm. smearing their name, doing whatever to try and get off. And this sexy tape thing was like over an hour long and they played it in the courtroom for like all the way through. Which oh my god! Mind boggling, bogglingly awkward, and I, boring, and and also okay. So I have one tiny bit from it, and then I mean, this is the end of the story. I'm afraid we'll have to just leave Jody on this high. This is the quite literally climax of the story. Would you like to hear? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bearing in mind, I played this earlier, um, and listened with great interest thinking that I was hearing it through my headphones only to realize that my headphones weren't plugged into the computer. And as you know, I'm staying in a B&B. Okay, here we go. Are you hearing it? 
Punish us no more, more, please. But thank you for that horrific tale. Okay, hang on. Hang on. You guys are playing out of my... I need to switch back in my ears. There you go. Yeah, so Jodie, like, just, yeah, massively found guilty. Um, Well, fuck you, Jodie. But my God alive, there was a lot of times there where somebody could have intervened. Not to, do you know that way? There's warning signs were all there. Even explicitly told to him via a friend. Not that he's to blame, but maybe we know more now about that level of cutting it off at the pass. Yeah. And we absolutely know more now about what abuse can look like in many different forms. And like that is thanks to survivors of abuse like telling their story exactly um but it is it's very 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 fucking sad well thank you very <laughs> much for listening dear listeners should you wish to hear more you know where to find us we live patreon.com forward slash the creep dive we'll see you soon bye thank you bye, bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.